What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Go. Uh, I am the cartel. And uh, did you know that Coach Co has 6,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel and that I am six foot four, 300 pounds? Because we can just come up with any numbers we want. I don't know if everybody got the memo, but any number you want, any value you want, we're able to do that now. It's a thing that we can do, right? In the hobby. So if you haven't caught on about what Cartel is talking about, he's referring to the LeBron James triple logo man out of 2020 flawless, graded authentic, uh, closed last night. So we're recording on the Sunday, record a uh, closed Saturday night for $2.4 million US, including the buyer's premium, uh, a number well short. And I mean, well short of what Ken Golden forecasted that the card could and should be worth. Um, he was talking five, six million, which would put that in the range of most expensive sports card of all time. I also heard that initially when they pulled the card, that there was a $5 million offer on the table that they did not take. Now, I don't know if this is confirmed. I'd, lo I'd love for somebody, you know, hopefully that listens to the podcast or, uh, you know, maybe the information will become or surface over the course of the next few weeks. But I've been told that there was a $5 million offer on the table that they turned down because they wanted to go to auction and they got 2.4. I hadn't heard about that. What else happened? There was another bit of drama. Um, I believe it's prime, prime graded, prime graded. I'm going to have to figure out what the actual account is. I've took some screenshots, but they claimed this morning that uh, it was actually quite difficult to bid on, on golden auctions. It was hard to get approved as a bidder. Um, and so apparently that's what people are talking about. Uh, it, it was incredibly difficult to get approved to bid on items. Um, and it wasn't like a, something you could do last minute. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why not only that auction, but a lot of auctions fell short. Uh, yes, that's the, the big talking point right now. And Ben Baller chimed in and mentioned that he knew people that were going to potentially bid more, but couldn't for whatever reason. Um, which then immediately makes me think of the previous technical issues that Golden's had in the past. So that kind of sounds like a possibility, but then I don't know. I would just think that the entirety of the company would be scrambling to address that and fix it. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, that would be funny though, if there's these repeated problems giving them ample time to prepare and fix whatever needs patching up. And then when they've got their biggest auction in history up, they drop the ball. I mean, that's just kind of funny. I mean, that's kind of heartbreakingly funny, potentially. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know if I could be heartbroken about the three people that ended up walking walking. Yeah, not heartbreaking like, on a yeah, yeah, yeah. On a personal level, but just like, like those that. guys made like seven hundred thousand dollars each. You know, oh, yeah. like maybe yeah. not including the grading. I don't know. You know what? Would you know what it would cost to grade like a six million dollar card? Yeah, I mean, everyone made a little bit of money. I, I mentioned this a few episodes ago. Everybody had their hand in the cookie jar of this. I, I have like some outlandish theories that I keep to myself and sometimes share. Everyone's got theories about this. Um, so I guess Ben Baller said, we're not going to know who bought this or for, I, I don't know. That was really cryptic. I don't know what that means. Although we don't often find out anyways, who wins a lot of these auctions, unless they're like Rob G and they come out and they talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like shine, shine posts when he won, like when he won the Dominguez that everyone was like, what the oh, hell right. just happened? Like he posted it immediately. Um, and he's also, he's won like several logo men that he's just, he posts. Um, yeah. So I think, especially now where social media becomes like such a flex, um, because there are so many accounts that we know regularly um, that have kind of big shit. I think that if it was someone mainstream, that it would probably have been posted already, quite honestly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, um, or why not, why not benefit off that clout, right? Like, we talked to Rob G on one of our first podcasts um, who bought the Mickey Mantle PSA 9. And at the time, it was the most expensive sports card of all time. And the amount of, like, not clout, but, like, at clout, you know, the amount of clout that he got just by purchasing that is, I mean, there's there's not really even a measure for that dollar that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, he was on podcasts, he was on interviews, there was, uh, like... Uh, articles written about him he was on news cl- newscasts like the, the possibilities are endless especially when you're talking about the most talked about sports card maybe ever um if you won that thing why wouldn't you be talking about it right yeah it's like free marketing for his companies and i think he was pretty open about talking about that aspect so i mean you know, Golden has, doesn't he have a TV show coming up or yeah. something like that? I mean, he got himself on all the different news channels talking about the card and all the other auctions and just the industry in general, kind of bringing it to the uh, public mainstream, the whole deal, memorabilia, the card hobby and all that stuff. So there's benefits there. Um, you know, I thought like a company would be buying this card, like a fractional company that would offer it that way. That is, you know, a, a, a group of people, an organization of people, including some big names that we saw involved in the chase for the card. The whole thing could be a nice little juicy steaming pot of the same people cooking up schemes with this one card and everything surrounding it to make money. And uh, yeah, I, a lot of people said $2 million is nothing to sniff at. I mean, it's still $2 million for a, for a card that was sold the year it was released in this modern hobby. I'm laughing right? because that was the headline because it couldn't they couldn't they couldn't make it anything else, you know. Oh man, there had to be like a, a copywriter who had to like sit down for like 10 minutes and be like, what what is the main tagline for this sale? There's been so many other two million dollar sales. So what's special about this one? That's true. That's funny. Um, did you see the comment section? Oh man, I yeah, I've been reading through a lot so, of those. So uh, for those of you who uh, haven't checked it out yet, 
uh, on Golden's uh, Instagram page, they posted the final price of the logo man at 2.4 million. They had a graphic, but they disabled the comment section on it. And so as a result of that, people were absolutely popping off on the previous post, which was like leading up to the final sale and just absolutely carving them a new one for number one, like why would you disable the comment section on like what was the most publicized sports card of all time? Unless you know that people are just going to absolutely decimate you for, <laughs> for claiming that it's a $5 million card or a $6 million card, you know, like I just, it, it uh, I think that lacked professionalism. I think if, I mean, you are an industry leader, you are arguably the industry leader. You you know, at the very least, a lot of all-time highs go through you. Um, you know, people genuinely believe that, like, he is the, you know, the mecca of sports cards. And uh, if you fuck up like that, you got to, I think you got to own that shit, man. You got to, you got to, like, at well, least don't disable the comic section. Right. Well, I mean, maybe we'll see the big, uh, the big written explanation <laughs> No, no, I want a verbal section. one. I want a verbal one. I want to like, I want him to stand up there and talk about well, what happened. We are absolutely not going to get that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, uh, our buddy, uh, Ephus Pitch of the, uh, are they the Cardboard Cowboys? Or are they? No, the, no, no, no. They're the uh, sports card. The sports, sports card, card Cowboys. Sports card Cowboys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, maybe they are the Cardboard Cowboys, though. Um, uh, as he mentioned, like if your real estate agent is telling you that your home is worth a million dollars and it sells for 333,000, you're probably gonna have a few things to say to that real estate agent. And the overall reputation of that real estate agent is going to come into question. Uh, there are people now asking the question. I've seen it on YouTube. I've seen it on IG a few times now. I'm sorry to say I've, I've probably caused this questioning i'm part I'm, pro I'm probably one of the people who is the source of it but you're finally seeing these questions what what is it why is ken golden sketchy quote unquote uh what what happened there um what's going on with ken golden i don't get it like right and these are generally people that have popped into the hobby as of the last couple of years and see um ken golden as a representative which he is a leader which he is, uh, highly knowledgeable and experienced, which he is, uh, and generally presented through most of the outlets, even like Cardborn, right? Through most of the outlets, he's presented in a very favorable way. Cardborn was hanging out with him. Right? And if you're, man, if you're hanging out with Cardporn, you know, you know, Brendan, I took it really hard. When, when Cardporn was in Toronto and didn't even, you know, give me a shout. Nothing. I got in his DMs like a really uh, flustered ex-girlfriend. And he was like, you know, it's okay, baby. And I'm like, no, never again. Um, uh, so, you know, he's presented in a favorable way. And that just solidifies what every new entrant sees. But then you'll see the occasional innuendo. And it's like guys like me who are not really saying it, but we're touching on it. Um, and the reason why I'm so careful about talking about it is just like, I don't look, I, I have better things to do. I have a passion 
for the hobby. And I, and, and anyone, by the way, who has a passion for the hobby, if you notice Brendan, so like you're an easy example, you have passion for fitness as well. Yeah. They're passionate people. Like they're into a lot of other stuff. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. shows, right. They're, they're into a, they're passionate. They, they mirror the passion of their, of, of their, of, of the cardboard with something else in their lives. Nine times out of 10. Um, so uh, trying to keep my line of thought here. Um, what, why was I speaking about passion so passionately in the heat of the passion? You were talking about uh, cardboard and you were talking about. Right. The... I was talking about cardboard and um, the way that they were presenting golden. And then we we're talking about golden's history. So um, the people that are passionate about this know about the history of the hobby. And what I was saying is I, I, I have to be careful about this sort of thing because I'm so tied up in my passions that I don't have the time to do like a research report and go back in time in my head. Cause I was there in the late nineties and give you a report on Ken golden. And I don't want to make accusations and I don't want to get things wrong. Um, but I will tell you this sports card radio is a great resource. Got to mention that guy because, or guys, I, 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 I only know it as a, forum a website and they were the first people doing this sort of thing where you they were peeling back the layers and you can actually talk about some of these deep things in the hobby that people don't generally get into or get access to but in the in the late 90s ken golden was selling his stuff on tv um like shop at home and don west was the the voice and the face of this and don west is awesome um anyone who doesn't know Don West. He's just this really bombastic salesman um, who'd get really hyped on 1987 Donruss. And he'd get really hyped on telling you that every order is going to come with a free Donruss Elite Dominator numbered to 2000. And that was just unthinkable back then. And you could, and you could own a mint set of every Topps product from, from 1981, probably not 1980 because of the Henderson, but from 1981 to 1987, you could own them all. Um, and as people recall, Kenny on that show was, was Ken Golden, and he'd call in on some of the items that they were offering. Now, what you saw a lot of in the 90s is what you're seeing now. There's a lot of parallels. I'm not saying it's exact. I'm not saying it's the same boom and bust cycle i i actually don't think that but mickey mantle was a big name okay he's a big name now in the hobby he's always been a big name actually if you think about it it's probably been one of the most consistent things in the hobby that there is but they were selling a lot of eight by tens that were not really mickey mantle autographs that's really what it comes down to that's that's about the limit of where i can go in terms of making accusations can't tell you the number i can't tell you that it was all of them i can't tell you that it was organized i can't tell you that they knew but they were issuing, you know, homebrew certifications that featured uh, the company that Golden was involved with at the time, which is Scoreboard. I said, I feel dirty almost talking about this stuff. Why? Why do I feel dirty talking about it? There must be a reason that yeah. it evokes that feeling. But a lot of those autographs were fake. Ken was implicated in it. There's some talk that it was his dad, this, that, or the other thing. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But I hope, I mean, I hope that gives people enough to, you know, start using the Google machine and start doing some digging. This is an individual who's been involved in, in collectibles for decades. 
maybe 90% of what he's done is good and only 10% is bad. But how do you feel about that, Brendan? Is that justification? I don't know. It's tough, man. It's, um, it's, it's just such a the hobby because it's so unregulated. It becomes this area where, you know, things are frowned upon, but also just get swept under the rug. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like for, if you do one bad thing, if you come back with five good ones, people forget about the one bad or say, give them another chance or, uh, you know, it, it, I just, I don't think people realize how fragile this hobby is. You know what I mean? Like, like honestly, and it's a solid hobby, but like if, if you start shaking the foundation and like key pieces can't be moved because the, the integrity of the whole hobby is at stake, that that's tough, man. That's, that's super tough. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, then you get, you have like complete and utter, um, uh, what is, what is the word I'm looking for here? The, uh, uh yeah. it's killing me. Anyway, you're like untouchable, you know, essentially you're untouchable. Right. And there's yeah. a lot of people that we've seen over the course of the last, let's say two years that I would classify as untouchable. Uh, there's a lot of people that I would classify as untouchable and, right. um, you know, like the, the more that social media matters, the more that, uh, you know, these people continue to do five good things for every one bad or 20 good things for every one bad. Um, you know, the story becomes further and further away from that pretty jarring incident. Right. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting uh, because like how do you fix it like regulation i mean we saw mastro go down like actually go to jail bill mastro went to jail and yet somehow <laughs> some way he still finds his way on my feet and if yeah. this ain't let's say past bill mastro that's on my feed right now you know bill yeah. mastro's on my feed because he's hanging out with people in the hobby right now yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, this so is why people have such strong feelings when, you know, an outlet like card porn, which was starting to, you know, get, gather a lot of trust and uh, support, you know, I, I called it grifter ingratiation. They suddenly start presenting uh, Rick Probstein to us as if he's some sort of uncle saint. I don't know what is going on there. It's very disappointing. All you it's have to do is really check the real context just, of a feed that's supposed to be helping out. Just check the relisted stuff on like, I mean, Lemim James did an excellent job of following that Trey young RPA for the last 12 months. Every the, month the, it the gets relisted. Joke. Every month it gets relisted. Every single month it gets relisted, man. And it, it's like, it's bought. It's not like it, it's like relisted because no one bid on it. People bid on it. The zero feedback bidder every single time. And then obviously person doesn't pay and then goes right back out to auction next month. Yeah. Imagine owning that card. Imagine <laughs> consigning that card. Imagine you consign that card. And for 12 there's months, argument, there's an argument to be made that the person consigning that card may very well be involved in this pattern of not being. How, how do you, how do you not pull it? How do you not say like, fucking give me my card back? How do you not right. like, right. you know, how do you not yeah. question that? Like, 
12 months in a row with zero feedback bidder or a low feedback bidder has won this card and not paid for it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying card porn should be posting every day about how. No, 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 no. Because people will be putting that onto their feeds anyway, when they have personal experiences, but to be posting, you know, Probstein tapping a BGS label into place and everyone's laughing and having a good time. And he's a nice guy. That's like, that's like in the quotations, right? He's a nice guy. Just be positive. Don't be negative. Right. And that's, um, we got to be, we got to be like some of the most negative people in the hobby. I think, you know, well, this is the problem. You know, you start, (laughs) you you talk, you're you're willing to openly talk about these issues and you're going to be labeled as negative. And, you know, of course the, the other, you know, other podcasts that, uh, have a big following that are generally sponsored will group in anyone who's like that just be like oh these people are just being negative and they're bad for the hobby where it's like we have vested interests in this hobby succeeding and, and i care not- very much about people in this hobby yeah. i don't like i don't really care too much about the value of your sports cards going up or down quite frankly i care very much about because i think that'll do that naturally on like you know crazy thing i yeah. think that the value of your sports cards will go up and down naturally yeah. based on desirability <laughs> right up. I think that an open market is a great thing. And it's one of the few places in any, in literally across the board that, that the market truly decides how much things cost. Right. Like, yeah. and so when we get further and further away from that and there's, you know, nefarious behavior or perhaps uh, bullshit going on, I, I'm personally offended by stuff like that because I'm like, this is like the, the, the truest thing we're going to have to a free market. You know, like I know that governments, mar- like they talk about free markets and they, you know, capitalism. Let me tell you something. Okay. That shit doesn't exist when you're getting handouts. Okay. So <laughs> it doesn't exist. Most governments have these fucking like under, under the table deals with, with big companies and things will never be a free market, right? But in sports cards, generally speaking, it's a free market. So, like I said, that's when I start getting pissed off, and that's when I'm like, "No, nah, this is this is fuckery." And and I was, I made a I made a comment. I mean, I made a video about how I thought that it's, if if the the triple logo man went for six million dollars, I was gonna lose my shit. Because it made no sense. It made no sense that this card was worth more than a Honus Wagner um, SGC3, where there's only like 50 Honus Wagners that exist, period. Uh, and the card's from like 1918 or 1919. Um, is it? No, ni- is 1919? Uh, Am I wrong? 1909, 1906. 1909. I don't know why I thought uh, the 17 was in there. But anyway. I, I had heard that you had said that if, if it sold for six million, you would not meal prep for a week and wake up at noon. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to myself. That's um, how serious you were. <laughs> but I, I was like, man, this is fucking bullshit. And I was called a hater because of it. I actually like several times. People are like, oh, you're just a hater. I'm like, how am I a hater for number one, stating my opinion, uh, and number two, I, I just. Who believes that this thing should be six million? And who wants this thing to be six million dollars? Who wants this card to be six million dollars? Ken yeah, Golden wants. Ken Golden wants this card to be six million dollars. 
yeah, let, let us not forget, you know, it's the same expertise in evaluation that they used to evaluate this card at 6 million is the same expertise that's being used at these fractional companies that are telling you that a card is worth something and then divvying up the portions based on that value. It's the same, it's, it's, it's the same deal. Um, I wanted to, since you were talking about uh, free markets and capitalism and all that good stuff, um, there is this narrative that, oh, it went for 2 million and it went for 2 million, right? Cause it was 2.4 with the buyer's premium and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was 2 million um, on the nose. Yeah. So yeah. And it barely moved over the weeks. It was like, at one, 1. 1.7, I think going into like those yeah, six hours barely. left. We were talking about it yesterday. 1.7 was six hours it's left. It's funny that, it's funny that Patrick Ryan was closer to winning that thing that he, than he thought. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's this narrative, oh, well, you know, it's the economy, it's inflation, it's, it's the sports card market being down. Like, as if, there's, as if there's like a chart we can compare this card to where we could see what it would have been pre-sports card crash, quote-unquote, pre-economic disaster. Like, that, that is just not correct. That, that is not a good way to uh, create any sort of um, comparison. It's, or or it's legitimacy behind it, you know? It's not because of the economy. No. It's because it's stupid. That, am I right? Like, it's because it's, it's stupid. It's Listen, not you're telling me the, that Drake gives a flying fuck about the economy right now? If that guy wanted that card for $3 million, 2.5, right. you, think, you think he wouldn't have gone it, like, swooped in and snagged it? This is what I'm saying, man. $2 million is still a lot. Especially the people, the people that dollars. were involved in, in, like, in the, who are excited about this card, who are chasing this card. Like, if you think about how much money was was put into those boxes that people were ripping and skunked on. Like they could have easily bought the card, right? Easily. There's no way that 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 $2 million worth of boxes wasn't ripped in in the process of of looking for that card. And another narrative that I really appreciate uh, that has like really like come to a very high level that I'm, I'm really into is just the, collector's aesthetics and the collector mindset when it comes to this card yeah just looking at the card and what it is and its aesthetics and just saying that it's not particularly attractive to begin with uh some would say like that's a lot of logo man well like you don't even see lebron lebron is literally the size of like yeah like a third of my pinky on the card so it's a lot of logo man taking up real estate on that card um, it's just not a super attractive card. There is damage on it that has come to light, uh, which may have been directly out of the product. There's people that show the first picture that backyard posted and then another picture, but th- th- it could be the lighting, right? Cause yeah, it's that full force in the window. Anyone who collects cup hockey or yeah. anything that has a window like that knows yeah. that there can be lighting affects that. Right. Yeah. So it may have been damaged right out of the pack. That's not hard to believe it's panini. Yeah. That's not hard to believe at all. You know, like, and also Panini didn't put those in the boxes thinking that there was going to be a, a fucking like a six million dollar bounty on this card. Well, you know what well, I mean? Like, they knew it was going to be something. Yeah, they yeah, knew. but it wasn't like this. Like, because they weren't even talking about the Steph, Clay, and Draymond one. We just found out about it, like, because it was right. pulled. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't something that people were like actively chasing. Right. I, it became yeah. something that people were actively chasing 
instead of LaMelo and Anthony Edwards and stuff, but like, it wasn't, it was never something that was talked about. And like, this is, this is the pro this is the card that everyone wants going into this product. I mean, people were looking for a lot of other things. And then all of a sudden the narrative was like, let's go after this triple logo, man. Right. Yeah. Also, what's um, to stop Panini from doing this again next year? Absolutely nothing. A 2021 version of it. What's stopping them from doing it? Sure. Absolutely. They, uh, that, you know, it's the funny thing about a lot of these, like, uh, you know, legendary pieces, like just as an example in MMA, Habib Nurmagomedov is going to be signing new autographs every year for Panini for the next couple of years. Um, he'll have an autograph in every product. He retired years ago, but not years, but a couple years ago. And there's going to be more and more new Nurmagomedov one-of-ones. Same way there will be new LeBrons. That's the thing about these older cards like Honus Wagner's. There will never be anything like it again. And there's only so many that exist to begin with. That's very historic. That's very artistic. That's very valuable. That's very inherently valuable. Um, we, I don't know. We reveal a lot about ourselves as a hobby with this card, right? With the existence of this card and the amount that it's sold for and the discussion about it. We reveal a lot um, about ourselves, but I don't know. Like you said, for better or for worse, there was a lot of focus on this. There was a lot of talk about this. At the end of the line, someone's looking at this and saying there was this card that came out and sold for $2 million. I think it's a hobby win. I think it's a hobby win because it didn't, because it didn't go for the 5-6. Because it's not even in the top five of most expensive sports cards ever sold. I think that's important because I think the top five are kind of sacred right now. Um, and, uh, you know, all of the top five, correct me if I'm wrong, are, are rookie cards. I think I'm not hundred percent sure. Don't quote me I'm not I will up to date on the top five to tell you the truth. Pardon? I'm not up to date on the top five. To tell you the, the um, I want to say the trout is number five at like 3.3. Um, regardless though, I'm pretty sure all of the top five are rookie cards, which I think is important because you can't reprint those. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, and they're all like 15 plus years old. And again, I think that there needs to be, it, 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 there's a reason why this is the most expensive card that was ever pulled and then sold in, in a single year. And it's because I don't know if this card sells next year, if it sells higher, quite honestly. I think a lot of the, they had to jam it into one year. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. only after time do you see legacy cards. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do people start appreciating the, the shit that they should appreciate, right? Like, I mean, we've yeah. seen clear metal, I mean, precious metal gems, say what you will about them. But like, over time, they've gotten gradually more expensive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you, you see these, these staples getting stronger over time much to what i was saying about the market will decide uh whether your card goes up or down and whether it's valuable quite frankly and i just don't know that this this card can survive that i mean it it will at the very least be talked about like there will be a story behind it but i don't know if that story is enough to justify if this thing goes to auction in five years time if, if, if you garner more money for it yeah no i mean um you how often have you heard me you know if i'm pulling you know a random auto patch with low numbering i'm gonna move it right away 
because it's new and that's gonna tick off a few things for you know pc collectors and anyone who buys in the hype early on but if it's a rookie card you're having a deeper conversation with yourself about what to do with that card right or if it's a rookie issue it's like the stock right that's the stock in the player that you're gonna yeah. hold yeah uh, whereas if it's a random auto patch third year and it looks pretty someone's gonna want it and i'm probably gonna do the best with it right away um it's a very rare occurrence you know what happened with uh pmgs and that sort of thing it's it's more often the other the other thing that happens where you want to move that sexy new thing uh, as soon as possible, right? Because it's not going to have that legacy value, like you said, that continuing um, increase in value based on player performance, based on the market, what people want, right? So, you know, you know what else is going to cost millions of dollars, uh, Brendan, is buying SP Authentic Hockey, which is finally coming out soon. When, uh, Wednesday, I think. Yeah, pre-orders have been available the past week. I've seen everything between $330 to $375 before tax here in Canada. They were supposed to debut at $425, eh? Yeah. Um, and last year was a couple hundred dollars. I think it started a little under $200. I think it was $199, yeah. Worked its way up. Yeah. Years before that, you could trace it all the way back down to about $125 when uh, SP Authentic would come out. You'd get your two autographs. Apparently now you're not even being guaranteed a future watch autograph. That's fun. Um, checklist is uh, abysmal. You are not getting autographs of all those great names, all those great young guns. Um, Have we confirmed that there are legend autos in it? Or yes, like which? Like it which, looks like which? There, are some, there are some tasty, juicy, or and Gretzky autographs that sort of thing there, there always are like SP Authentic always offers that one of my favorite hits a few years back was a Gretzky autograph it was like a retro style uh it was like a 93 94 style autograph I mean that's cool they, they always have that available right but in your head what you're really looking for is the future watch autograph rookie cards right and um you hope to see all the top names with an autograph it's very rare that you don't and this year, from what I was looking at with that checklist, man, it's basically Tim Stutzla and uh, and Caprasov, and like if you it, like Laffy, if sure, you know. But I don't know why Jason Robertson is not included. Um, Ottinger has one. Uh, does Josh Norris? Yeah. Um, but we're not seeing the likes of the series two young guns, right? Like Byfield. So I knew, I knew we, been, I really knew we would have elevated this. I knew we wouldn't, bro. I knew it. I just it, had it a really would have elevated it, and it really would have ju helped to justify the cost. I just but, had a uh, feeling. I was like, you know what they're gonna do? They're not gonna include them. And then, so what are they gonna do? An extended SP Authentic series, or just make them next year? Like. Yeah. We gotta remember that we that this is a year late. This product, right? Yeah. Like this is like Cappy was a young gun last year. Isn't it wild? Hockey collectors are all messed up right now mentally because of the releases. Yeah, and how they're they're layering over top of one another. Like Laffy was last. Like Laffy wasn't even last Christmas. It was like the Christmas before that. Yeah, yeah. You remember? Yeah, like, I remember like because you wanted a box. <laughs> it was not even this Christmas. It was the Christmas before that. So we're talking about like 17 months ago, like Alexis Lafreniere was the most desirable player in hockey. 
uh, young player, rookie. Big numbers. Big numbers out of the box. Crazy. $500 Ross. Um, and now, fast forward, we finally get his <laughs> SV Authentic. You know? So, like, we are way behind. So, I was like, there's no way in hell that they're going to cram them all in because – you know, they're going to want to milk this. They've been waiting so long to put this thing out. They're just going to want to eat. And uh, fortunately, people are going to be chasing that cappy. And you you made a comment that you think that it's going to be how much potentially raw? Um, I'm trying to remember what I said. Uh, probably uh, it's eight, eight to eight to a thousand. That's big, bro. Right? That's... I mean, because I think <clears throat> I think, you know, first of all, he is the he is he's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, in the hobby, and and yeah. and and it's and it's gaining. It's something yeah. that's actually gaining steam. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. He's uh, he's in his prime, right? Like he's like twenty five yeah. years old now, um, and and he's like a dominant player in the NHL, you know. And I think people are going to be competing with one another to get that card because they're going to yeah. say, "Screw these boxes." Yeah, let's just get the cap resolved. Um, well, because you either buy three boxes of SP Authentic, and not even guaranteed three future watch autographs. Right. And if you do get, you know, the future watch autograph, you could end up with, uh, like Alexander, Alexander true, you know, like, I don't know, like who's in this sure. goddamn checklist, Alex Belial, like Jake yeah, Evans, you can, you can end up with a whole host of, uh, winners. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of disappointing because it used to be exciting. It used to like, I'd always want to pick up one or two boxes of SP authentic. And I just, there's a lot of principle involved right now where you're just like, you're going to be very disappointed in yourself. If you make that move to, uh, to open a box of SP authentic. I think it's a general sentiment when it comes to ripping product right now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the prices are not justified. Um, and that just, and you know, it all seems to lead back to breakers. It really does. I think everyone benefits from these breakers when it comes to Panini and upper deck and they know that they're aware of that. They know that that's an avenue that really developed over the last couple of years that really helps them. And they know that that breakers will sell no matter what. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, like the higher the price of the product gets, the more they need breakers to push it. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because like people, people aren't going to buy a whole box, but they'll buy a random spot uh, for like a, like a SP authentic and pray they get the wild. Yeah. Honey, I'm spending $50 on this break. Don't forget that guy pulled a million, $2 million card that that Ken Golden, that really trustworthy dude, sold. Something tells me that wasn't a $50 break, though. What's that? I said something tells me that wasn't a $50 break. Right. No, yeah, no. But you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) whenever someone's going to see, like, any break for, like, they'll say, oh, that's a bargain, $100, and I get two teams. Cool. And, uh, yeah. It's, I think that that's probably, I mean, that is really the underlying root of everything is, is breaking gambling and that sector of the hobby and everything that falls from it, you know, that's what hits the market. And if you're a collector, you just kind of wait for the scraps. Well, that's what I was saying too. I was like, I'm just going to be on eBay, absolutely sifting through like $15 future watch autographs that people are going to have to sell yeah. because they're yeah. not going to make any money on these boxes. Absolutely. That's the game plan. That's yeah. the game plan right there. Yeah. That, that being said, coach co, uh, we got to wrap it up. So sure do. I think, uh, I think we did a good job touching on some of the important points of the day. Damn right. Tim, I hope you enjoyed this episode of cardboard coaches. 
Have yourself a wonderful rest of the day. And uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Love you guys. Coach Co. out.